Yes, we're open. Living Faith with Needham UCC, a sermon podcast from the Congregational Church of Needham United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're invited and welcome. This sermon for May 23rd, 2021, Pentecost Sunday, is entitled Whisper. It's a reflection on a reading from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 22 through 27. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to learn more about our open and affirming ministry at the Congregational Church of Needham, simply head over to our website, www.needhamucc.org. Thank you. Friends, our reading today comes from the New Testament, from the letters of the early church, from the letter to the church at Rome, that is Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 27. Let's listen together for a living word for us in these words from Romans chapter 8. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who already have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly while we wait for adoption. That is the redemption of our whole selves, of our bodies. For in hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not even know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for all of God's holy ones according to the will of God. Beloved, God is still speaking to the world. May our hearts be open to listen and to respond. Amen. So the calendar turns and we arrive again on this Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is one of the highest and holiest days in the church calendar. One of the very great feast days in the life of the church. It is the day that we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit in the story that Chris Marischuk animated for us so wonderfully with his Lego, the story of the Holy Spirit who showed up and showed out on that very first Pentecost Sunday 2,000 years ago and 50 days after the first Easter, when even in the midst of the disciples' roller coaster whiplash of fear and disillusionment and joy and confusion and hope and desperation following Jesus' Easter resurrection and his subsequent departure into heaven at the ascension, the Holy Spirit 
God's own self makes herself known in the rush of a mighty wind, in tongues of fire, and the gift not only of a multitude of languages, but more importantly, of an uncommon, common understanding. People who should have been divided were brought together. People who should have been way out on the margins were brought into the center People who long ago should have accommodated themselves to the abuses of empire resisted. People who should have been desperate found hope. And hope not just to survive, but to thrive. It's clear I love Pentecost. And as you've come to know already in just the short time I've been with you, it's hard to believe this is just my third Pentecost with this congregation. I love going all out to bring some of that surprising, even shocking celebration into our worship services on the day. Over the years in the churches I've served, I've celebrated Pentecost with bells and whistles, quite literally. Bells and whistles and paper planes and banners and birds and bubbles, thousands of multicolored post-it notes, even once A giant, inflatable fish blimp swimming over the heads of the congregation. All as a way of encouraging us to wake up to the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to interrupt our business and busyness as usual in the church, every bit as much in the world outside, just as the sound of that mighty even violent wind did for our forebears in faith, overturning expectations and upsetting apple carts and sweeping away all their doubts and fears like so many grim nannies sent tumbling before the arrival of the great and spectacular day of Mary Poppins in the movies. Slam, slam, Holy Spirit. But the friends, that's not the only way the Spirit shows up with all that drama, all that sturm und drang. If you take away nothing else from today's worship service, please hold on to these two thoughts. Not everything loud is important or good, and not everything important or good is loud. I'll say that again. Not everything loud is important or good. And not everything important or good is loud. Because I don't have to tell you, there's a whole lot of loud in our world today and in our own heads All kinds of voices, inherited voices, misappropriated voices, self-inflicted voices. And you can be certain that not even close to half of that is good or good for us. So many voices overlapping, screaming for our attention, demanding to speak to our manager, Insisting that we should be and do and buy this or that, be or do more, better, faster, cheaper, more justly, more meaningfully. Why, one could sit and read articles on the internet 
all day long about all the things we're doing wrong and all the things we should be doing right, right now, and hardly even scratch the surface, only come away with a splitting headache and a ringing in our ears. I speak from experience. And even the church is all too often part of that overwhelming cacophony. Even good progressive churches like ours, good progressive churches like ours. In fact, we can be every bit as loud and bad as more conservative folks on the other side of the aisle. Our hearts may be in the right place, maybe, but we can be just as pushy, just as judgmental, just as loud a whole lot of well-meaning sound and fury. But at the end of the day, what is it we're signifying exactly? For the ways I have made you feel like that. For those times when I have been awfully loud without being either clear or caring enough. I apologize. Fortunately, for both you and for me, the Holy Spirit isn't just loud. But then that's par for the course, for the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always more, always different, always better than we expect. The Holy Spirit doesn't just scream like a howling wind. She also whispers. As the Apostle Paul writes in the middle of his own overwhelming life situation, having been imprisoned by the uncivil civil authorities yet again for preaching the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ, the real Lord of all, more real and more Lord than any small-minded Caesar. Paul writes that the Holy Spirit comes to us in the pain of our present moment with the pregnant vulnerability of our hearts and minds and bodies and souls when the contractions are coming quick, robbing us of our breath, and we fear we cannot go on, and all this labor will have been in vain. When we don't even know what to pray, much less do or how, and doubt we could even if we tried. When all the screaming outside and the screaming inside grows so loud, we can no longer tell one from the other much less discern God's voice. The Spirit comes and holds us and rocks us and groans with us. With sighs and groanings too deep for words. And for Paul and for me, and maybe perhaps for you, more miraculously than any magical loaves and fishes, this makes all the difference. The Spirit whispers. It whispered to Paul that despite the very real peril of his moment and his own failings, nothing, Nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The Spirit whispered 
to Paul. And friends, the Spirit is still whispering today. In our church speak, we often say that the Spirit speaks, that God speaks in a still, small voice. But we often forget the context of that quote. It comes from the Hebrew Scriptures, from the book of 1 Kings, the story of the prophet Elijah in the ninth century before our common era, a million miles away, and yet somehow right next door. It's the story of Elijah's struggle to make a difference, to speak truth to the corrupt, self-serving, and abusive powers of his day, Ahab and Jezebel, king and queen of the northern kingdom of Israel, who had systematically murdered many, including many of the prophets of God, in order to consolidate their power and their wealth. And so Elijah had challenged and then had bested the court prophets of their Canaanite gods in a contest of divine power and then in a misguided desire for vengeance himself slaughtered them in retaliation. The king and the queen then put a price on his head, on the head of this troublesome prophet and sent their assassins to kill him too. The story picks up in 1 Kings Chapter 19, verse 3, Elijah was afraid when he got their message. So he ran away, ran all the way to the very edge of the wilderness in Beersheba, in the southern kingdom of Judah. And from there, he journeyed 40 days more into the heart of the desert to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, where he spent the night in a cave. While Elijah was on Mount Sinai, the Lord asked, Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah answered, Lord God, all-powerful, I've always done my best to obey you. But your people have broken their solemn promise to you. They have torn down your altars and killed all your prophets except me. And now they are trying even to kill me. I have done all I can. I am confused and anxious. I am guilty and angry and sad. I lurch between enthusiasm and depression, hope and despair. And God, I am so, so tired. People depend on me and I can't even depend on myself. Even my best efforts to do right have failed and my worst have only made things worse for me and for your people. That's it, Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than any who came before me. And then the Lord replied, Go out and stand on the mountain. I am coming to you. I am already here, and I want you to see me when I pass by. All at once, a strong wind shook the mountain and shattered the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. Not this time. Next, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Not this time. Then there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Not this time. Finally, there came a still, small voice. A sound of sheer silence, a gentle breeze. 
a whisper. And when Elijah heard, when he felt that, he covered his face and went out and stood at the entrance to the cave. And there the Lord spoke to him, spoke to his heart. The Spirit spoke to Elijah. And beloved, the Spirit is speaking to us, to you not just in the mighty wind and the earthquake and the fire, not just or even most often, but in the full to brimming over silence of our own hearts. In the heart to hearts and the casual conversations with partners and children and families and friends and even strangers. Speaking to us there, praying with us and for us, with sighs and groanings too deep for words. You are not alone. You are beloved. You are enough. You cannot do everything, but you can do something. You can reject everyday evil and hold fast to what is good. You can choose again today to remain in loving relationship, even with people who work your last good nerve. And you can choose to step back and step away if you need to. You can stay in that uncomfortable conversation a beat longer. You can interrupt a racist or sexist or homophobic or transphobic or anti-Islamic or anti-Asian or anti-Jewish remark. You can dig deeper than the evening news to listen to the voices of those actually affected. You can love yourself even as you struggle to love God and your neighbor. You can do your best to show God's loving kindness, if not to everyone you meet, then even to just one more person. You can extend the care and the kingdom of God just one foot further. You can be God's still small voice for someone else. And when you can't, the Spirit says, you can lean on me. And I can, and I will. I will hold you and enfold you. Rest. Rest. And when you've rested, we'll get up together and try it again until we must rest again and again and again. And when you just can't, when you can't even put one foot in front of another, can't push anymore, I will groan with you. Like a woman in labor, we will push and breathe and trust together that something good is coming, that it will come, that the kingdom is already crowning, that the gospel is at work and the world is already being changed one breath at a time in the most unexpected ways. Softly and tenderly, quiet and deep and persistent and meaningful. What is the Spirit whispering to you today? Come, friends. Gather yourself and come out to the opening of the cave with me and listen.
Listen for the spirit that is closer than your own next breath. Amen.